Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are talking with my good friend, Heather Pace, all about how to start a blog and make it profitable. So just FYI, Heather and I recorded this in person and because we are good friends, there's lots of giggles. We laughed a lot. We had a ton of fun doing this episode. So I hope that you enjoy as you listen. So Heather Pace is a classically trained chef specializing in plant-based cuisine. She's the author of Sweetly Raw Desserts, has written eight recipe eBooks and is the blogger behind Sweetly Raw. Driven by her sweet tooth, her motto is, have your cake and eat it too. Heather has taught food classes around the world, has been featured on TV shows across Canada, and has worked in all areas of the food industry. With yoga as her other passion, Heather is a certified yoga instructor too. You can find her free yoga classes, recipes, and health videos on her YouTube channel. And I am so excited to have her here. She is the perfect person to start talking about um, starting a blog because she started one years ago, like a decade ago. So she's one of the like first people to start you know, a blog, turn it into a successful one, start making money from it, and then really bring in other ways to create content. So she's creating a really strong community. And again, it is profitable for her. I know so many of you want to start blogs, but you don't have any idea where to even begin. Heather's really going to talk you through how to begin, what steps to do, what to focus on, and then how to make it profitable. So let's dig in. Hey, Heather. Thanks so much for being here with us. Hey, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I am super excited to have you here with me today. Um, And just so everybody knows, Heather and I are actually recording in person. (laughs) So I am sitting in her apartment, downtown Victoria, BC. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to have Heather here. She is a good friend of mine. She is um, fantastic at what she does. She's a wealth of knowledge. And she She's just coming on to really talk to us about how she made her blog more profitable um, and how she collaborates with brands. And she's just going to teach you, you know, kind of the steps she took to get there and um, how she really got started. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are, your journey to where you're at right now and what your business really focuses on now? Okay, sounds good stuff. Um, So I'm a classically trained chef. And I've been specializing in plant-based cuisine for most of my career. Now, I was a vegan for 13 years, and that's actually when I started my blog. So as we were sitting here, we actually had to look up on my blog how long I've been blogging. And (laughs) I started in 2007, so it's been 12 whole years, and I can't believe it. Wow, things have really changed over time. Um, but it's been such a fun journey. So most of my career has been spent in the food industry in various capacities, like you name it, I have done it. I have had my own dessert business, shipping chocolates all over the country. I've done farmer's markets. I've been a personal chef. I've worked in the middle of nowhere at camps for firefighters where I've been flown in via helicopter to cook up there. I've worked in bakeries, cafes, juice bars. I've done recipe development. I have authored a cookbook, which is called Sweetly Raw Desserts. And 
gosh, I'm sure there's some other things I'm forgetting. (laughs) That's a lot, though. You've done many things. Sometimes I feel like I've lived two lives already. (laughs) (laughs) But it's great. You have so much experience, you know, doing a variety of different things. So how did it really even get started? Like, I'm sure you didn't start with doing all of the retreats and doing the um, working in all the different cafes. Like, where did you actually begin? What was the first step to starting the Sweetly Raw blog? So the blog at the time was a way to document my, all my recipes and my adventures in the kitchen, traveling to different locations and trying new restaurants. And I think it was right around the time that I turned raw and really got into raw food that it really took off because I had one of the first raw food blogs. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was just not happening at the time. <laughs> and I remember being part of some little online raw communities where we would all share recipes. And so that kind of gave me a boost initially. Like a lot of traffic was coming from these communities and people just very quickly and easily stumbled onto my blog. Now at the time, it had a different name. It was mm-hmm. called The Adventures of Raw Goddess Heavy. <laughs> Heavy. (laughs) Heavy is my nickname. And so that was, I know, hilarious. And at that time, I was on Blogger and it was all very simple. Um, You know, like if anyone's really curious, you can go back into my archives from the beginning where it was like Mm -hmm. I was taking photos on my little camera, dinky little camera, and it was pretty funny. But um, that, you know what? It was funny and simple, but it gave me a lot of traction. It um, it got me going, you know? And so that is one good point. It's like when you're starting out, it doesn't have to be perfect. You are going to grow that thing and you are going to morph and change and learn so many things along the way and get better with photography. I mean, I'm not a photographer, but now I'm being paid to do food photography, essentially. That's very true. You know, and, and that's just from me learning and growing as a blogger. And so it's been quite the journey. So a few years in, I somehow decided to change my name to Sweetly Raw because my focus was was on raw desserts. And um, I started doing eBooks as well. So the first eBook was just a few years into my blogging experience. And it was called Just Desserts was the main title. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to tell you, I went on to write about seven or eight ebooks. And in one year, Stephanie, I made $15,000 on ebooks. Wow. Alone. But do you think that was because you had the audience already there? Like, if you had done that when you first started your blog, do you think you would have sold any ebooks? Oh, no. Mm. There is just no way. Like, I had to build up that following. Yeah. And, and that kind of grew. So it was like every time I brought out a new ebook, people were like, okay, great. I want the next one. I want the next mm-hmm. one. Not only that, what I started doing was creating these little mini ebooks and I was running dessert um, challenges at the mm-hmm. same time. That is cool. So people had to get the ebook and then they had to create it and recreate something on their blog. And then it was all linked back to oh, mine. Smart and then marketing. I was the judge. Oh, and I would judge, and, and they would 
win some kind of prize. Oh, wow. Okay. And so they had to get the ebook first. Yes. And then it was like a web because they were all mentioning being part of my thing in order to do their entry. That is so smart. I- yes. <laughs> <laughs> We have a marketing genius well, here. Well, look at that. I didn't yeah. even know it. Yeah. <laughs> didn't go to school for it, you know? I'm just a trained chef here. <laughs> but you learned. So I think the point is you learned as you went. Like, you probably were mm-hmm. testing out what was working and what wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely. After the, e- like, so it was mostly ebook focused. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming you were posting regularly on the blog. Like, how often were yeah. you posting recipes? At least once a week. Okay. And that's still my aim. Mm-hmm. is to post once a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, you know, to you've got to stay consistent. And that's what really helped me grow. I mean, I'm sure there were times when I was posting maybe twice a week even mm-hmm. in the beginning, but that consistency is key to build build things up and be personal. So actually, here's another interesting thing that's just crossing my mind right now about the difference between back then and now. I used to be really personal about my blog posts. So I was sharing a lot more of my my personal life on the blog through my stories, through photos. Now I'm not as personal. However, I'm so personal on my other platforms like Instagram. Mm. So I noticed like that shift and most of my comments I, I usually don't really get comments on the blog. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean people aren't reading. I can still see the stats on the back end. Um, or people will, funny enough, they'll comment on a blog post in a private message on Instagram. Mm, like, <laughs> hey, I read the blog post. Yeah, and, or you, this mm. this thing. Yeah, this recipe, some kind of comment about it. Totally. You know? um, well, it's more of like an information outlet now, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a little more, not stagnant, but it doesn't give you that community feeling or social media feeling. So people are like reading it, they're mm-hmm. sitting with it, and then they're like moving to the social media channel to actually then talk about how they feel about what you wrote. Totally. Mm-hmm. Because back in the day, there I used to get tons and tons of comments. Mm-hmm. And then people would com- comment back and forth, just like they're doing on Instagram now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Through the blog. So I've seen that whole change too. And I know it's not just me who's seeing this. Yes. This shift. But with that being said, you wouldn't say that blogging is dead. No, not at all. No, I can see all the people swiping up from the stories. I can Mm. see all the stats. And I know people are making my recipes because they'll tell me, Mm. you know. So yeah, it's certainly not. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a really important piece. Even if you're not seeing those comments flying in or, you know, Mm -hmm. stick with it. Yeah, people Mm -hmm. are still utilizing it and reading it. So I think that's really important what you brought up because I think we get so overwhelmed with needing to um, create content or the idea that we need to create content for Instagram and content for a blog and content for Facebook and YouTube, all these different pieces of content where what I'm kind of hearing you saying is using a blog or using one platform to create the content is great, but then bring that content to the other platforms Mm -hmm. and reutilize it and Mm -hmm. actually encourage your community to interact on these other platforms. That's Oh, you're so perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't have said it better myself, my dear. Um, Yeah, that's so true. So like, yeah, the blog is my my home hub. And then, yeah, I'm shooting things out from there to all the other platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that is still the main hub for you. So how did it, in terms of content, um, 
Does it look the same now than it did, you know, in 2007, 12 years ago when you started it? No, no, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> well, in many ways, it looks better mm. <laughs> because my photos are a lot better. Yeah. It, it looks more refined. Mm. It's definitely more polished. Um, but my blog posts are more simple now. Okay. So like I said a few minutes ago, I used to do a lot more personal sharing, photos of my life. I don't do any of that anymore. Mm, like a huge long post where it's, it's like yeah. a huge story basically. That's right. Like, oh, here's what I'm doing. Here's the, you know, and here's the photos of me and my friends and me and my boyfriend, you know, all these mm. things that I used to share. Now it's, it's pretty much like I'm getting right to the point. Yes. People don't have time anymore. They're looking at a million platforms a ton of blogs. There's a million things going on in their lives. They just don't have time. Mm -hmm. So I save that stuff for Instagram and Facebook and I Mm -hmm. keep it pretty focused on the recipe, telling people about my new um, yoga class on my YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Photos, and the recipe. So do you have a format when it comes to writing your blog post, like a formula now? You're like, I know I need, for example, the photo, an engaging title, like a sm- three paragraph bodies and a close. Do you have like a formula or it's just whatever you're feeling in the moment? I have a little bit of a formula. So because um, my I use Feedblitz to shoot out an email to my subscribers. Okay. And they're only seeing the first little bit. And I don't know what the, ex- I don't know how they gauge it, but it, I want to make sure that that initial bit of my blog post is engaging enough for them to click on their email to come into my blog post. Mm, I see. So I make sure to have two photos mm-hmm. in the beginning and some text. Okay. okay. So that's usually I start with photo, text, photo, text. Mm. That's how I yep. start to make sure that they're seeing two engaging photos and they want to click in. Okay. And that specifically <clears throat> you do that for, did you call it feed blitz? Feed Blitz is okay. just the provider that I use. Yeah, that yeah. links up to your email like newsletter and That's then sends right. it out. So do you have That's to pay right. for Feed Blitz? Yes. Okay. I, I pay, but <clears throat> I didn't pay for years, but then it had all these ugly ads on it. Mm. So now I pay. Yeah. <laughs> now you're like, I'm refining it. I I'm making it look better. I'm professional now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want it to look the part. Yeah, and especially if like, do you write, we're kind of going a little off topic here, but do you write newsletters other than um, updating your community with your blog posts or just that? Just that. Yeah. So you want it to look good. You want it to look professional. That's the one way you're staying in touch with them. That's right. Yeah. It's short, sweet, to the point. Come on guys. Here's what I've got going on. Yeah. And do you have a good click rate usually that are converting rate for people to open? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Now that being said, sometimes people I notice Um, when people can unsubscribe, you know, they can say why. And sometimes people think my updates are too often. It says too many Mm. updates. And like I said, it's only ever like maximum once a week, Mm -hmm. but some people still find that to be too much, you know? Yeah. And I think that's just common in the world now where email marketing is so big and you like yeah. somebody asks for your email and then all of a sudden you're on like a million lists. <laughs> oh my God. Tell <laughs> yes, me about you're it. You're on too many lists. And then you're like, this person's always emailing me because you're getting like 
10 new emails a day. Yeah. So sometimes I'll just go in and like clear out a bunch of people. And then I might even re-add myself to one of those people's list down mm-hmm. the line once I've realized, oh, I'm not getting their emails anymore. Right. You know, because sometimes I just need that clear out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yes. This is a complete side note, but I really love using a program called Unroll Me. Have you heard of Unroll Me? No. Okay. So this is going to save you guys time because instead of having to um, manually go through all of your emails Mm -hmm. and click unsubscribe, unroll me lists everything that you've ever enrolled in. And you can just go and say unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is genius. Okay. And it saves so much time. So so (laughs) often I'll do that. And really, because even bringing this back to what we're talking about, people don't have a lot of time. They don't Mm -hmm. have a ton of brain space. Mm -hmm. In fact, like it's being said now that we have an attention span of a goldfish, right? Which I know is true (laughs) for me. So it's like we, when we're doing things like blogging or newsletters, like it has to be really compact to the point, no fluff, like, Mm -hmm. um, or not often a lot of fluff because we want people to get that transformation or that education like right away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I know for myself, if I'm going somewhere to get a a recipe, I don't want to read a novel to get there. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see a photo, 5 million shots of the same thing just to see the recipe. You mm-hmm. know? So yes, all you need is a few great photos. Yeah. Okay. So I keep it pretty simple. You keep it simple. Mm-hmm. So if someone was starting out right now doing a blog that was more food based, what would be kind of the approach you would recommend for them to take? Now a days, I would say stick to simple. Mm-hmm. get some really good content because there's so much competition now mm-hmm. there there's a sea of blogs we've got pinterest driving everyone to five million different ideas um keep it nice and clean and and um you know really stay within your niche Mm, don't try to do everything or be everything for everyone that's right yeah 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 because you kept yeah. very specific to raw desserts or raw treats for many years until (laughs) I think recently, um, just to catch everyone up, um, Heather now has a YouTube channel where she shares um, a lot of yoga and some other life things, but you didn't bring that in at the beginning. And was that intentional to not like saturate it with lots of different things? No, it wasn't. Okay. (laughs) Funny enough. Yeah. It's just the way it went. Um, But also in the beginning, it was a little bit more diverse mm-hmm. because I was sharing meals and I was sharing my friends and, and my personal stuff on there a bit, but, um, but it was all very food related. Okay. So you still had the focus. A lot of it was food, food and myself. Yeah. yeah. But then you saw people has, have less time, less attention span, um, blogging changing. So I'm going to refine it down to just more the recipe. Mm-hmm. And then again, like we said, you're using these other outlets like Instagram stories to be like, Hey, here's the behind the scenes that you totally. might've been doing on the blog post beforehand. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I find that that, that works best. That hits so many more people in live time. Mm, yeah, exactly. And so I find it more effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the blog is going to be there. Like I could go back and I probably will go back and find your what heavy, <laughs> I don't have to get the name again, but <laughs> adventures of raw goddess heavy. There you go. I'm going to go find it. But like blog posts can live on forever, but it's, it's now about engaging people, like you said, in real time, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's also rem- interesting for me, a point that I want to bring up is um, something like a blog, or even for me, a podcast, like you create so much content. And that doesn't mean that you have to be constantly recreating content every single day, you can go back into the archives and pull mm-hmm. old content. 
So how often do you find yourself doing that? Oh my gosh. I'm glad you brought it up because I do this so often for Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. I mean, majority of the time I'm actually reusing my content. Yeah. It's, we don't have time to create new stuff every day. And I think it's silly. Mm -hmm. That's like total energy burnout, just trying to constantly create new stuff. Yeah. So the, the bulk of mine is reused. And then I filter in new pieces here and there in an organic way. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm doing it in the most organic way possible. Um, I'm not an overly planned blogger. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that mean for you? So that means some bloggers have their whole year planned out, believe it or not, literally a whole year. And I'm just not that way. So, um, I like to go with the flow. So maybe there is something seasonal that catches my eye at cherries, for example. And now I want to make cherry crumble. And Mm. I feel like sharing that on the blog. Mm. That wasn't planned, but I just feel inspired to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Versus I must stick to this schedule. And some of them are very rigid about it. Mm -hmm. But for me, because blogging is not my only thing that I do, a sponsored post might come up. This might come up, that might come up. And I just want to be able to go with the flow. Yeah. So let's talk about that a bit more because that's one reason I want to have you on specifically because you have monetized your blog. So you've taken it from the place where I'm sure you were just more sharing life things and stories. You were probably giving so much. You're probably like, I'm doing a lot of this for free. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I love doing it. And then it turned into this place where you're like, now I'm doing what I love and I'm making money. Mm -hmm. So when did that Um, opportunity come up for you? So that all started when I started the eBooks. Okay. So pretty early on, Mm -hmm. I started making money through those eBooks and making good money on it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's, it's much more money than for example, having a published book where you're just making royalties Mm. because you're, you're making all that money back to yourself. Uh, Minus like the little PayPal fee. But um was the question again? Oh, um, no, no. I was just wondering at like what point did it become like maybe you were working with brands? I know that the blog became profitable with the eBooks, but how did it turn into like um, brands reaching out? Okay. So that started several years ago when I saw the movement growing on Instagram and I thought, I got to get in on this. Mm -hmm. So I, I knew that I had a lot of content, a lot of good content, I had under 10K Instagram followers. I had under 9K blog subscribers. And I started pitching to brands. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it was actually pretty cool. You know, people did want to work with me. Mm -hmm. And so now, fast forward a few years, I have worked with like countless brands. I do so on a regular basis. And it's actually been a pretty easy process for me. Mm, That's really good. And I think because you had been in the industry for so long, you had like your strong footing, you knew what you were doing. You like, you were in a niche, right? It wasn't like you were coming to a brand like, well, I don't, I'll just do whatever you want me to do. You were like, this is what I do. I do raw desserts. You had a very clear focus. Yes. Um, And you were sharing who you were online. So they knew already like, okay, if we partner with Heather, this is the type of personality she's going to like bring out for our brand. Yes, totally. Okay. You can see for yourself, um, you know, with brands nowadays, 
it's pretty easy for them to decide right away if they want to work with you or not. Mm. All you have to do is look at an Instagram account. Mm -hmm. That's my portfolio. Yeah. You know, essentially that is the portfolio and that's why it's really important to keep that looking nice and sharp. And again, it does not have to be perfect, especially if you're starting out. It Mm -hmm. really doesn't, but like good content and they want to see engagement and Mm -hmm. they want to see a good following. Yeah. And, And so they should. And then I, I go ahead and send them, you know, a lot of the sponsor posts that I've done, mm. a lot of the companies I've worked with. And so they can see, okay, yes, yeah, she's worked with a lot of companies. And then I send them my stats and stuff too. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's almost like, like you know, back-end stuff mm. that, that they don't maybe focus on that much because everything else speaks so highly for itself. Which maybe was different at the beginning where they wanted the stats Maybe. And maybe now it's more about like, what are the optics or how does this look or how much engagement versus like, do they care about conversion rates a lot of the time? Like how many people are actually buying the product based on your posts? Um, A lot of them don't. Mm. A lot of them don't. I think it's this, this idea of, you know, this is a commercial for them. I was just about to say it's the new commercial. (laughs) This is the new commercial. So when you see a commercial for McDonald's or whatever on TV, you don't know how many people are now buying that burger just because they saw mm-hmm. it. All you know, all they know from the back end is how many people saw the commercial. Yeah, it's about awareness now. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, I think it's just about like getting it out there, getting mm-hmm. it out there, getting it out there, mm-hmm. you know? So do you find that if you worked with a brand um, – for a specific campaign that a lot of other bloggers or influencers are also doing that same campaign at the same time. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And how totally. does that make you feel? I'm just interested in knowing, <laughs> does that make you feel like um, excited that like the brand's getting a lot of traction or do you, can you find yourself going into imposter syndrome of how am I going to make this different than the other person who's promoting this? Like what comes up for you around that? Yeah. A bit of both, like excited to be part of this thing, like Mm -hmm. honored that I'm part of it too. And then thinking like, Oh shit. Well, you know, everybody else is promoting like, yeah, I have to, I want this to do well. Mm -hmm. I want my side to do well because there are a sea of people for them to be working with. How are they going to decide to want to work with me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's got to be good. I got to make a difference. Totally. And I'm just curious if you found, has any, have any of the brands like told you why they've worked with you? Like, have you found like what your, I guess, unique selling point is of like why brands are signing up with you versus maybe another influencer or blogger? That's a good question. Um, I'm not totally sure. But I know that a lot of them like my work and they say that they can see that I have a high level of engagement mm-hmm. and they like that. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's often the two things that I hear from companies. Yes. Well, and yeah. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with your personality too. Like I'm sure that that plays a big role where um, you are really uh, visible on social media. Yeah. And I just wanted to point this out because I think a lot of people think that they can become profitable online or on their blog right away, but it's still just, um, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like two dimensional information. There's no life to it yet, unless you're putting your face on there or you're creating more of a personal brand. hundred mm-hmm. percent. I am showing up every day. You're seeing snippets of my life. You're seeing the good and the bad. <laughs> you know, I've shared some very personal things on my YouTube channel 
and on my Insta stories. And um, yeah, there's a lot of connection and yeah. like deep connection going on. Yeah. So would you say that if that part wasn't a part of the bigger picture that you wouldn't be doing as well as you are right now? I think so. Mm-hmm. So it has yeah. to come. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, people have actually, companies have mentioned, you know, you seem very sincere, you seem very genuine. Mm-hmm. And another thing, Stephanie, is that I will only promote products that I truly love. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Because I know yeah. I hear that more. A lot of bloggers coming out with really good integrity that are saying, yeah. starting to be honest about, listen, I get pitched all of the time yeah. and I'm not taking all the jobs. And I do that for me and I do that for you guys. So how, yeah. how do you really approach that? It's simple for me. If I love something and I use it and it's clean and pure and I believe in it, 100%, I will get behind that product because I love it. And if I'm not, if there are questionable ingredients in mm-hmm. it, things that I wouldn't go to the store and buy or try, then no. You wouldn't do it? I don't do it. Yeah. And um, I usually tell the the company, I'm sorry, it's just not a good fit for me. And that's that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's funny because I'm picturing myself listening to this podcast as a newbie right now thinking, yeah, but I might not be like Heather who's getting 10 requests, you know, to like be a part of her brand mm-hmm. or to be on her social media, you know, be, I'm not being pitched to. I'll just take anything. Like, what would you say to the person who's like, not in that desperate state, but in that beginning state of like, no one's reaching out. So once someone does, I'll just take it. I totally hear what you're saying, but you have to remember that starting out is setting the tone for everything you're about and for people deciding if they want to follow you and want to work with you Mm -hmm. based on what you are putting out there when you start. So I'd say, yeah, be smart about it. Stay true to yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. And think, Mm -hmm. you know, would you be happy following someone who's promoting a product that they don't believe in and knowing that? Yeah. I'd be pissed. Yeah. It really comes back to integrity, I think. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Because it's not, you know, I would feel if I was promoting a specific brand and then something went down with that brand and now all of a sudden I'm associated with this person Mm -hmm. or this brand that I'm promoting, um, it can be a uh, either a really good reflection on your business if they're a brand of integrity or a really bad reflection. So Absolutely. it must be kind of frightening and scary to, or I guess we can talk about trust for a second to trust in these other people because you've run your business, you know, your way with your integrity level for so many years, but now you're starting to partner, right? Mm-hmm. Or you've been partnering mm-hmm. and now you have to trust that these other businesses are in integrity as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty darn strict about it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's good though. I think that's really good and I love your your um point of starting out that way. Because if not yeah. all of a sudden you're you're with all these brands you're like, "Wow, I'm with all these shake companies or all these skinny teas and oh. like I'm a, supposed to be promoting holistic or, you know, um clean nutrition or, <laughs> you know, clean lifestyle and all of a sudden how did I get here?" Right? Oh my god, don't get me started on the skinny teas. <laughs> I say no to yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please if you're listening, do not go with those companies. That's a whole other story, but like honest to goodness, please do not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think, well, it really does make you, you know, the bigger storyline here is like when you're starting to partner with brands, you have to be clear on who you are and your integrity and your um, Mm -hmm. vision for your business, right? Because 
even like, again, I don't partner with, I have some people I affiliate myself with, but you know, I don't have a lot of brands, but I always try to think big picture vision for my business. You know, are these brands going to align, you know, five years down the road? Mm -hmm. And that might be a little bit hard to always do that, but at least Mm -hmm. thinking in terms of like, if I want to scale my business, Mm -hmm. are these small opportunities actually going to help me build the bigger picture? Or am I doing this out of scarcity of just making a bit of money? Right. Yeah. And that's something to look at if you are doing it from a scarcity mentality. And that's, that's maybe some inner work to do. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. We can do another episode on that too. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. And it's true. Like running a business brings up all of that personal stuff, mm-hmm. but um, we don't have to go yeah. there. We have so many things yeah. I want to oh cover so we can, we can leave that out. But, but I think it's so at least what you're saying is like, be really clear and um, have that kind of personal boundary or personal line of like, I will work with people who maybe even it's having a list of like, here's a brands that I really want to work with, or um, these are the kind of traits or qualities I'd like this brand to have. And when you're being approached by one, just saying like, does this brand fit these categories? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, you've told us, you know, how you, uh, well, how do you reach out to them? You've told us kind of like at what point you were getting paid, but does it usually start with you reaching out or them reaching out to you? Well, it's funny because in the beginning, it was me reaching out to them. So here's what I used to do. Okay. I would go whenever I was at the, the grocery store, like the health food store, I'd be on the hunt for like the latest and greatest natural food products. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I would try them. And then if I liked them, I would make sure that they were either from Canada or the US. Mm -hmm. And then I would shoot them an email and say how much I love their product and that I would love to work with them and promote it. Perfect. Yeah. You know, it was completely authentic. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of companies did get back to me. And most wanted to either work with me or at least send me free product. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you get, you're always going to get the ones that don't get back to you or, um, or say no, what yeah. have you, but I had a really good response. And so that set the tone. Now my rates were much cheaper back mm. then than they are now, right? They, yeah. they go up with time and experience and followers growth, all those things. So that's a really cool thing too. You know, you, you charge less in the beginning and then you work with them, you build things up and then you charge more money mm-hmm. and it's, it's a great win, win, win there. And do you find now that a lot of them are approaching you because yeah. of, you know, your, how much following you have and engagement? Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So in the beginning I was, I was approaching them and now mostly they approach me. It's, it's actually rare that I approach a company. Now. Okay. I, I just have so much on my plate, yeah. you know, and I just kind of, so, um, I might not be working with as many brands consistently, mm-hmm. but um, but they're they're just coming to me, or I, I build up the partnerships with them. Okay, you yeah. know, so we have ongoing posts here and there. Okay, so mm-hmm. more of a contract basis where maybe it's like you work with them for six months and they're requiring X amount of posts. That's right. Do you do that more so than the one-off kind of posts? I, yeah, I prefer to work that way, but then some companies still just want to do a one-off. So it, honestly, I feel like it's kind of a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm learning so much. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Some do quarterly, you know, they want their quarterly posts. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. And I know it's so hard to, um, share on this because it's so individual, but in terms of pricing, do you have any 
thing you can say about pricing, like where people should be starting should, or even, you know, should they be requesting money versus free product? Okay. So in the beginning on my blog, companies were sending me free product. This is back when I didn't even think that I could be charging. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know why, but like the thought didn't cross my mind. But like on a regular enough basis, companies would want to send me products. Mm-hmm. And I just thought at the time, yeah. I got free products. They all. Great. You have yeah. to remember, there was no such thing as Instagram mm-hmm. when I started. There was none of that. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if there was Facebook. But anyways, um, <laughs> so so back then, you know, I was just getting free product and I thought, woohoo, this is great. So by the time I started pitching the companies, I actually used those freebie posts mm. as references. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it did help in the you end. Know, it yeah. did help. Yeah. 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 But do you think now it at the day and age that we're in now, you know, people shouldn't be accepting free product. It should be about paid from the beginning. Oh. Or do you have to start with the or is this a controversial thing this in the blogging is world? An ongoing debate okay. <laughs> among influencers, Stephanie. This is such a sore spot because so many companies nowadays want you to promote for free. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we're seeing out there, especially in smaller accounts, is free posts. Okay. Just in exchange for products. And I don't know if people realize that, but that's actually what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I sometimes have to walk away because if companies just want to send me free product, I'm at the point now where I've had enough free proteins and free (laughs) green powders and free bars sent to me that it's just not necessarily worth my time. Mm. It's a lot of time and energy that I and I know other people put into these posts, developing a recipe thinking up a recipe that's going to incorporate their product, Mm -hmm. creating it, getting groceries, making it, photographing it, editing, putting the post together, putting stories together. I mean, that's a lot of time. Going back and forth in emails with these companies. That's a lot too. So I don't sell myself short. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It's like, you got to get paid. Or sometimes companies will just say, hey, we, we'd love to send you blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But they're not asking for anything in exchange. So in that case, what I do is I'll just do a little promo on my stories. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I got this cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you have to really decide what is this worth to you? How much effort That's are you right. going to put in? Yeah. yeah, okay. So this is all really great info for somebody that wants to grow a profitable blog and have it be like one of their main sources of income. Mm-hmm. But what would you say for someone that's like, okay, I'm a holistic nutritionist or I'm a health coach and I just want my blog to be a place that's growing my brand. I'm not necessarily like partnering with companies or blogs, Mm -hmm. but it's a place for like building awareness. Um, What would you say that they could focus on in terms of, you know, growing that platform to build their community versus it being like more of a paid platform? I really suggest getting active on Instagram. And using that to push people to the blog. Okay. Um, I think, and then getting on Pinterest. Okay. Too. Yeah, Pinterest. I've heard so much about how Pinterest is one of the main traffic drivers. Yeah, so Pinterest and Instagram is is two really great tools to push people to the blog and help that grow. And the other thing is having that free ebook. 
Yes, for sure. Have the freebie, give that out, collect the emails, get the subscribers. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's like the machine is, um, we're engaging people and building community on Instagram or Facebook. We're um, driving them to our website where we're saying, hey, sign up for my freebie. Yes. Um, Collecting their emails. And then we have a blog where we're just more maybe nourishing the community and we're giving that high level education where we're showing that we're an expert, we're an authority, building that trust. And then on those blog posts, do you find that you're pushing somebody to um, download an ebook or get a paid offering? Like, do you usually have what I call like a call to action at the end of your blog post to have someone take the next step? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about that. No, because for me, and this is, this might be very different for other people, but for me, I'm sharing my recipes and the, the biggest call to action that I would probably have on an average blog post is telling them to check out a new YouTube video. Mm, because again, what is your take with you? Like, what's the purpose of your YouTube channel? Um, to share more recipes. Yes. <laughs> video style and yoga videos mm-hmm. and um, health related topics. Okay. So which, another place for you what to I've really sort of branched out into. Yeah. Um, so, so that would be like my biggest call to action Yeah, would be like, Hey, check out the new YouTube. But otherwise it's no, it's just me sharing a new recipe. Um, unless it's a sponsor post mm-hmm. and then there's, there's a link, you know, a few links throughout yes, woven throughout the post to check out that product. I like that. Yeah. So I like that because, um, it's very like soft marketing. It's not high pressure or anything. It's very like low pressure. Um, again, you're just building, like you're giving so, so much. And I think mm-hmm. we forget sometimes when we start out, um, well, we definitely don't want to undersell or undercharge and not be paid anything and be doing everything for free. Like yeah. you're going to burn yourself out doing that. Totally. But we forget a lot of the time that we have to educate and we have to share content for free. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, to warm those people up to actually even want to potentially buy into a higher higher offering that we have. Yeah. We have to build that trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I still have people following me that have been with me since, you know, 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and, and the odd time they'll pop in and, and, you know, do a comment or like yesterday I had, you know, somebody comment on my YouTube channel and she's been following me since, yeah, like about 10 years ago. And I knew exactly who she was. And she's like, I've been following you since, Mm -hmm. you know, this time. And I knew right away just from her name, you know, and I said, I said, yeah, I totally remember you, you know? Yeah. See, that feels so good because it feels Mm -hmm. like it it even reminds you like, why am I actually doing this? Right. That's right. I think sometimes it can be so again, two dimensional where it's like me sitting at my computer typing, like, is anyone out there? Like sometimes (laughs) I think in the podcast, anyone listening to this until the people respond and say, Hey, this is so helpful. That's right. But it's about us showing up first. Mm -hmm. And I see this all the time where people are waiting for the audience to get there so that they can show up Uh where it's like, you have to show up first. You have to be there. You have to be consistent. Mm -hmm. You have to be visible. People want to know who you are, but it has to come first and then the people will come. That's right. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. They want to know who is that person behind the screen? Exactly. I don't know about you, but why am I going to follow somebody who isn't visible at all. All I can see is text and, and maybe food photos. Yeah. Who's the person behind it? Exactly. Yeah. So would you say, um, that the person who's more doing like blogging and food posts, um, 
that their Instagram profiles and Facebook profiles has a picture of them versus the food? Oh, 100%. I feel like it's a business if I see, you know, somebody's profile and it's not them mm-hmm. in the picture. Like their logo or, yeah. yeah, it feels very disconnected. It feels like a big corporate business. Yeah, you know? I totally agree. Yeah. And immediately it turns me off. Like yeah. this isn't warm and cozy anymore. This is just like, you know. Mm, yeah, who is this? Who's <laughs> who the face? This? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Even <laughs> we could talk about a million things, but even about the website, right? We go to someone's website, like who is this person? Yeah. So do you find that you're um, on all of these different channels, you're always putting your face out there. So people are really getting, getting to know who Heather is. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I am. And, and especially that's why it's good to show your face on Instagram and in your stories. And mm-hmm. then what I do is I put a photo of me periodically through my Instagram account because mm-hmm. it's mostly food, right? Yes. So it's mostly recipes, but here and there I'm filtering in me. So people can associate me with those recipes, the person behind it yeah, and um, have that interaction. Yeah. It's like one of the first things I do when I'm looking at someone's profile um, and I'm like, okay, how many posts back do I have to go until I see who this person is? Right. And that frustrates me because I'm like, who are you? But the thing is, Stephanie, I should share that I did not do that for a really long time. Mm. It was just food, food, food. Yeah. And then I realized, i got to share me. Yeah. And did you see a change in like how people were responding to you? Um, I'd say like, it's definitely gotten more personal, you know, mm-hmm. as, as time has gone on and I'm putting myself out there, like in my stories and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's, there's deep connection. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. are responding. Yeah, they are. So just to wrap it up, I would love if you could give everybody that want to start blogging or maybe even more specifically starting to monetize or blog and work with brands, what are two to three tips you could give to these people? Okay. I would say the biggest thing, like I mentioned before, build up the Instagram so that you can push people through there. Once you build up your blog, get some ads running on there mm, Okay, to make some money, right? That's another way to make money on the blog to monetize. But you have to have a certain amount of followers and all that. And there's a few companies that you can you can run food blogs through or food ads through. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly what it would be like for nutritionists. Mm-hmm. So so build that up. Build build the Instagram and what other social media you want. Um, build the blog and have really good solid content. Mm-hmm. Content, content. Once and build, a week, you build think? up the trust. Yeah. Once a week. And I would say that you should be Instagramming at least four times a week. Mm-hmm. At least. Like, if, are you thinking if not stories or posts? Posts. Oh, yeah. I'm not there right now. <laughs> and stories every single every, day. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I find myself now just looking at stories and not uh-huh. posts. So for my feed, I'm like, oh, I forgot to post something on the feed. But something that my um, coach really laid out for me recently was um, the reminder that Um, posting on the feed is generating new leads, new people coming in, new potential clients where Mm -hmm. stories is nourishing the people that are already there. Mm -hmm. So being on stories is great for the community, but how are you getting new people in? So yeah, I think posting on the feed is really important, being on stories as often as possible. Do it, do it both, do it, get on there every day, show your face, don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) 
(laughs) It's the number one fear I hear all the time. Okay, well, that reminds me. So my new ebook that I've just launched is all about how I work as a full-time content creator. And we haven't really gotten into, because we don't have time, but like the full capacity in which I am a content creator, because we've Mm -hmm. talked more about blogging. Mm -hmm. But just so everyone knows, um, I do this for a living, but it's not just blogging. So there's other ways in which I do. And I share this in my new ebook. And I'm starting to coach people. And one of the things that we cover is how to get confident speaking in stories Mm -hmm. and showing up, showing your face, letting that light out, you know, because you are brilliant and you have something to offer and you have this purpose and we need to let everyone else in. Yeah, exactly. You know, and build that trust and everything. Yeah. And do it in an authentic way that feels like you Absolutely. and not like you're trying to emulate the next person oh, no, beside no. you. Oh, because yeah. people can see right through yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, um, but yeah, in my coaching, so it's all about, you know, yeah, getting out there, showing up, being confident. Um, and then, you know, how to create YouTube videos, how to maybe even at beginner level, how to create a blog, mm-hmm. how to create fun graphics, how to, you know, um, photography tips, basically a little bit of everything, whatever people need. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, it's kind of exciting. It's so needed because I know from, from my perspective as a coach, like helping people get started, it creates a really solid foundation, but then there's so many offshoots from there. So, you know, um, I can help my clients start the blog, but then managing the blog, growing the blog, monetizing the blog, that's a whole other beast. (laughs) Oh, yes. So, you know, working with someone like you that has that um, expertise, like knowledge, authority in that area, but experience, it's not like you're saying, hey, let me help you grow this small blog. You're like, let me help you grow this empire like Mm -hmm. I did, which I think is very different, you know, to find someone that's been there and done it. Um, so I'm really excited for the coaching to really grow and blossom for you because Thank I know you. that um, that's really where you're going to thrive. Well, you're such an inspiration. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you are. Yeah, we work well together. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Yeah, no, it's been such a pleasure. And I would love to even have you on maybe at another point to talk more about content creation and what that can look like. And mm-hmm. we can go into some of these topics a bit deeper because I know that this is a great beginning place for people to start thinking about what can this look like, but to even take it that next step further into like, how can this actually, you know, when I put pen to paper, like what does content creation look like? So totally. Yeah. I I'm all about it. I mean, geez, it's been so long that I've been doing it. And so now I need to be sharing this with other people. You know, I feel really passionate about that. Yeah, you're ready to move in. Uh, well, you've been teacher role for a long time, but mm-hmm. in a different forum. And now mm-hmm. you're like ready to do more of that like group or one on one model of teaching of exactly like really helping people to scale. Yeah, for so. people who are serious, you know. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm going to push people. Yeah, this is it. like I got to be pushing you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and we need people like that that are, you know, I think that's a thing. Everybody thinks that they can do it now, but not everybody can make it. Like mm-hmm. you have to have so much tenacity and strength and oh courage God, yeah. and like you really have to want it. So to work with a coach that's going to push you to get there is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Well, thank you so much. Where else can people find you? Cause I know you're going to have, I'll um, make sure the ebook is in the show notes for everyone to go and grab. Perfect. Um, they can find me at sweetlyraw.com, which is my website, my blog, and on Instagram, sweetlyraw. 
Perfect. Yeah. I'll make sure I tag you in all of that awesome. on the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much. And Aww. I'm sure I'll have you on again soon. Love you, Stephanie. Okay. Love you too. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.